0: The 6:30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylyn Nye and Andrew Gross weekdays at two on 6:30 Chad.
1: There's been an extensive study of caribou herds across BC and Alberta, and it suggests a way to reverse a long and steady decline of the endangered species, and it's to kill more wolves. And moose and pen pregnant cows.
0: Yeah, there was a study done by the University of Alberta, biologist and lead author, who said the study suggested this was simply black and white. That's what we need to do. But I'm guessing our guest today wants us to understand the gray. (laughs) Uh, We're joined now by Carolyn Campbell. She's a conservation specialist with the Alberta Wilderness Association. Hey, Carolyn, thanks for taking the time to do this.
2: Hi, Andrew and Jalen. Hi.
0: So could you maybe, for our listeners and myself included, to be honest with you, could you sort of give us an overview of what the issue is facing these caribou herds and just how dire a situation it is?
2: Sure. Um, Yeah, our woodland caribou in in Alberta um, are two types. And one lives in the mountains and they move up and down between mountains and foothills and one is in the boreal forest where they move around in in their range there and these are animals that have coexisted with their predators for thousands of years but they've they've done that by being amazingly adapted so they can live in parts of our forests and wetlands where other animals like moose and deer avoid because uh, moose and deer can't find the food. Um, and also they have super wide feet where they can travel over very wet areas and very snowy areas. So predators often find it really tough to get to them. So over the you know centuries and millennia, uh, they've been able to cope. But what people have done you know initially we didn't realize it but over the the decades um we've disturbed too much of their home ranges and by uh energy forestry uh, you know surface disturbance or, or cut blocks uh even some of our recreation we've created openings in the forest and food for deer and moose so that that has stimulated their populations and in turn predators the predators also can move much easier through their for, through these forests. So the caribou, which are slower to reproduce and slower to run away from predators, they cannot withstand that heavier pressure from predators. So we've now known for some decades what the what the root cause is, which is too much habitat disturbance. The problem is we haven't really acted to keep the habitat that's good and, and undisturbed. And also restore the habitat we need to. Mm. So, with some of the populations studied in in the in the study you mentioned, uh, the, these animals have gone down to less than fifty animals. Yeah. And in fact, in all the cases, they're probably endangered now.
1: Wow, Carolyn. Curious, just to declare this up as well. We uh, the moose are in this conversation as well, but um, moose aren't predatory. They like they're not. The moose and caribou—it's—it's—they're—they're they're food for the wolves. Uh, is that how that all works in here? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And so,
2: it, you know, it's—it's a, it's a little complicated in—in in the sense that what too much logging and too much, you know, seismic lines and, and other industry or or even sometimes recreation trails and impacts, too much of that, it—it it, it creates more food for deer and moose, so their numbers grow beyond what they would. And also they support predator populations okay. higher, I see. and then the predators can get at the caribou easily, and, and they can't tolerate that high predation.
0: Gotcha. So I'm again, I think I've almost got this uh, <laughs> completely, my head around it completely. Uh, so let me ask you this. So in the study, uh, the government uh, had you know, various scenarios under which they managed caribou caribou herds. And some were successful, and those included penning up some. But and I don't want to put words in your mouth. But now that I've heard what you had to say about this, so that would be that's now striking me as like uh, rather than returning everything to a natural, um, you state. know, state. Yeah, that's a good word. Um, it's it's almost like zoo like. Um, I mean, it's just an unnatural solution. Is that is that right?
2: Yeah, I mean the problem like. Um you know, the, uh, uh, my quarrel isn't certainly with the scientists who are, you know, trying to point out what their findings are, given this really desperate situation to just prop up the populations to buy time. The, the, the concern I have is this could be misused just to go on justifying our, you know, unsustainable exploitation and fragmentation of forests. And I guess, you know, main point I wanna make is that humans, we're the ingenious and flexible species. <laughs> we can make choices to restore more forest so that it's intact, uh, so that we have more older forests. We can still have good economies while we do that because we are flexible and we can find ways to make a living. I I certainly hope that we don't just target predators like wolves and moose. Um, And the the other, I think, really positive thing, which this study really didn't get into, is that here in Alberta, we're pioneering ways to restore forests faster, I would say, so that it's a lot harder for moose and deer and wolves to make a living and move around. So I want you know, to, to let your listeners know that there's some really promising ideas like um, looking at seismic lines that haven't grown back naturally and pulling down the trees around them can really block the movement of other animals. Uh, it, it, there's also uh, ways that, you know, some, some oil sands companies are pioneering to uh, really increase how fast and how well forests uh, regrow from energy footprint. Um, you know, so so those are all pieces. As is, you know, better planning of of uh, our infrastructure networks so that it can support some economic activity, but it's compatible with caribou. Well, you but just you just, yeah, made, you oh, just sorry, touched On a couple of yeah, you just there. made
0: reference to a study I was going to ask you about British. Uh, it was published in the British uh, Ecological Society Journal, and that's exactly what they did. Now over a smaller area, but they they simply dropped lumber or you know to trees to make it tougher to for make them it get there to the to, caribou. yeah. To be mobile, and then that sort of without having to wait for an entire forest to regrow, that was uh, a stopgap type solution. But we are talking about a much larger area here. So, how quickly can you regenerate natural, you know, forest to, so that everything's back to balance again?
2: Right. Yeah, it's tricky because in our northern forests or our high foothills forests, it, it certainly does take decades. So, we, we think that it's going to be a combination of actions um partly blocking uh, predators uh, partly changing the way we plan you know new subsurface energy so that it's on a really smaller footprint and we can cluster you know some of the nodes of activity um, these days with directional drilling going down for many kilometers you know we feel like whether it's maybe emerging geothermal or, or existing oil and gas there's just different ways we can do it so that we create far less surface disturbance and we're better at restoring the disturbance we do have. All these things I think you know go back to the fact that we people are are the really ingenious uh, flexible species and if we can have the wisdom to make more room for Animals that are sort of on the leading edge of sensitivity, mm-hmm. like caribou, th- that are telling us that we're, we don't have enough older intact forests. Actually, so many other things we we value will also benefit. You know, like our threatened native fish, um, like wetlands that help us help our forests um, retard uh, climate change impacts by buffering fire. You know, all these things caribou can really help us do sooner than we might otherwise because they're quite sensitive to our impacts.
1: And Carolyn, how um, healthy, you know, we're talking about, um, you know, the population of the caribou herds and how, you know, they're, they're quite uh, small right now and you suggested that you could even call them endangered. What's, what is the wolf population like in Alberta? Wolves,
2: uh, scientists figure, are probably at least 7,000, you know, individuals. So, yeah, uh, I'm certainly not suggesting wolves are threatened or endangered. They're not. And they're very resilient. You know, they tend to repopulate areas, even with intense um, culls uh, by, by humans. The problem is, is is, A, it's not really ethical just to hammer wolves and do nothing about what we've done to degrade habitat. And the second thing is, um, you know... The way we the way we treat wolves in some of these instances is really questionable. Whether it's humane or not, mm. so we can't just scapegoat the wildlife. I, I mean, some of these dire measures, unfortunately, like regrettably, may need to be applied in the short term. But we have the resources, and, and I think Albertans value our, our forests and, and even our other wildlife enough so that we can. We can kind of accelerate these steps to uh, restore older intact forests. And as I say, we'll we'll achieve so many other benefits from that. And we'll have, you know, fair economies for the communities that rely on those. We we think all those are really possible if if we can sit down and develop optimal land use plans that may be different than what we've done, but still have, you know, livelihoods as, as well as healthier forests.
0: You know, last question for you, and again, I apologize if it's a dumb one, but I don't know much about wolves, caribou, or moose, or deer. (laughs) Um, But we talked about, you know, blocking uh, how it had been done elsewhere in other jurisdictions where, you know, you block the paths, make it harder for the wolves to to move about or or for the moose to move about so the wolves go after them. Is it also possible to do it the other way around, to create um, uh, paths to draw the animals you want into a different area?
2: Well, that's interesting. Yeah, the the research you were just talking about, Andrew, it it was published in a British journal, but but the um, area they studied was actually northeast Alberta. So, you know, again, a kind of right in Alberta uh, leading research. Um, From what I understand, yeah, they used snowmobiles, which... Um, If they're, you know, not managed or or we're just not thinking about it, that's a real problem because wolves can have highways into caribou. I I understand they use snowmobiles uh, more, like, systematically to create trails away from where the caribou was. Hmm. And so that's another thing that's really worth exploring, where we can, you know, without just scapegoating moose and um wolves or or just penning you know which is in a way sort of semi-domesticating caribou we can think of ingenious ways to make our forests uh work better for wildlife and and as i say they'll there'll be so many benefits for us if we do that too
1: interesting stuff very interesting stuff carolyn campbell uh conservation specialist with alberta wilderness association thanks for joining us this afternoon hey great to talk to you thank you take care bye all right. Uh, looking at ways of uh, helping the caribou uh, population in this in this province, interesting conversation mm-hmm. we just had with with Carolyn Campbell, Joel from Evansburg on the phone. Joel, you think they need to look at other things?
3: Yeah. Basically, um, I was actually on one of these projects that was looking at closing down uh, old cut lines, and uh, I guess the first comment I had is, why don't we actually get up there and Call some of the wolves because it would have an immediate impact. Um, you, if you take out, you know, ten percent of the predators, you're going to have a lot less uh, need for supply. But well, other I think that we let need-
0: me stop you there, though, because I, you know, we addressed. We that touched point, that, yeah. Right? And her point yeah. in in reply to that was that you just you, can't keep doing it. Yeah, you can't keep punishing the wolves for the actions that humans took. Uh, to change the, uh, you know, the ecological nature of the forest, right? So it, it, she was For sort of, sure. you know, she was sort of saying like the wolves well, we are the something. villains here, <laughs> you know.
3: Okay, but uh, at the same token, we always like to, to poke at the oil and gas exploration or ATV trails. It's always uh, people are the problem and people need to be the solution. But at the same time, if you look at the difference, um, like forest fires, you have a lot less, of them because of people and we're trying to protect our homes if you look at Jasper pictures from uh, before the kind of the park took a, a, a great interest um, there was actually very uh, few trees or sorry there's lots of trees that were just very small because forest fires would wipe out enormous areas mm-hmm. and and create the exact environment that uh, she is saying would be really bad for the caribou and wolf, or sorry the moose and I, I, I agree with her on, on some points for sure, we need to do, we need to look at ways to, to mitigate that, but at the same time, just saying, um, you know, human impact is, is what's causing the problem, well, human impact is also what's creating part of the solution, just in the fact that we don't lose massive areas of forest as much as they would before, because we're getting in and we're stopping those fires from happening
0: you know you're absolutely right and you know the key word there uh is balance right like that's it's just finding the natural balance um, you know human interaction with uh, what naturally should have occurred but all your points are valid for sure
3: yeah and just one other thing um really quickly you know the forest fires in Fort Mac a lot of people blame that you know on whatever but really, the, the forest fire was so devastating because of how green it was up there yeah. and how, how much trees, how much forestation there is. For sure, there's no way you can argue against that. Um, that. That's kind of that hotbed. When we get involved and we start stopping all these fires, sometimes we can cause problems that way as well because you get a whole bunch of dead, dry tinder just waiting for a big fire to come by, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. the more we get involved, sometimes the more we mess things up. <laughs> but sometimes we can do some good,
1: right? Isn't that the truth, Joel? Thank you that. so much. You bet. All right, Bye. take it easy now.
0: The six thirty Chad Afternoon News
1: with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at two on six thirty Chad.